Hello, everyone. This is Jonathan Little. I'm here today with the 172nd episode of Weekly Poker Hand. And today, we're going to play a limped pot, which is not something you typically do deep in $5,000 buy-in World Series of Poker events. There are 21 people remaining in this tournament. So we are very, very deep. We're making a good run. Um, that said, we only have 300,000 or so chips to start the hand at 6,000, 12,000. So a 25 big blind stack. Folds around to the button, who's a loose aggressive kid who limps out of his 350,000 stack. Now, this may look like a very bizarre play, but this is something you'll see a lot of the best players do. What they're doing is they're limping with a relatively wide range, including a lot of their nut hands, with the intention of calling with a lot of the hands that flop well if someone yet to act raises, um, folding with the weaker stuff like king eight offsuit, and then... Um, shoving sporadically with some of the weaker suited connected hands, like 8-5 suited and 8-6 suited, and also shoving with the nut hands, like aces, kings, queens, etc. Um, what this does is it lets the player play more hands profitably on the button because they limp and then get to call a raise. And because the stacks are so short going to the flop, they will be able to play really intelligently. Like, they're not going to get pushed off of Hands that have a lot of equity very often. If you do play in this manner, you have to realize you need to be sticky against most good players who are raising a lot. Well, not necessarily good players, but overly aggressive players. But if your opponents in the blinds are very tight and they're only raising the absolute nuts, well, you can just limp with a lot of stuff and then fold. So anyway, here we are. We have queen-jack offsuit. I'm definitely going to limp this with my 25 or 24 big blind stack. I don't think there's any merit in shoving. If I had something like 15 big blinds, I think shoving would start to gain a lot of merit because then if we pick up the pot preflop, that's a pretty nice success going from, let's say, 180,000 chips up to about 320,000 chips or so. Um, but with our stack, I'm sorry, did I say that right? 180,000 up to 220, I think I said 320. With our stack, I don't think it's worth the risk because if our opponent is ever trapping, which I do think if the opponent's limping here, he's probably playing a very well-balanced strategy where he's limping his best hands. I just want to call and see a flop. So I do call. Big blind, loose, aggressive kid with a lot of chips checks. So the flop comes queen, five, five, two clubs. I check with my top pair. So this is a spot where I actually don't hate leading. And the reason I don't hate leading is because our hand is somewhat susceptible to the draws, the flush draw and the ace and the king draw. And we can get called by some worse hands like flush draws and ace highs and under pairs. Um, that said, I don't think we're that vulnerable here. I mean, obviously, if we're against a flush draw, that's just unfortunate. But we should be against a flush draw pretty rarely. I think a lot of people see a flush draw available and they just immediately think, oh my god, I'm against a flush draw. And that's not really how poker works. Because first off, your opponent has to be suited. And then he has to have clubs, right? He can just as easily have hearts or diamonds or spades. So... I decided to check this, the big blind checks, and then the initial limper bets 20,000 into the 54,000 pot, which I think is a nice bet size because if he's ever bluffing and he picks up the pot, it's just a very, very, very cheap steal. And if he does have a good hand, like ace-queen or something like that, he wants to keep us in the pot. So this is a nice bet. Usually you're protecting your equity pretty well. So good play by the opponent. I don't even know what he had, but good play. So should I call or should I raise? Obviously, I'm never folding this hand at this point. Um, I think calling makes a lot of sense. Again, because the, there aren't very many draws. The only really bad turn cards for me are an ace or a king. So I, I think we can just very happily call here. If we do check call, we're definitely losing a big pot if we're beat, right? 
But we also want to make sure we keep our opponent in if he has something like King-8 offsuit, the strong almost dead. So I like that. One thing you have to be aware of when you do start to get somewhat shallow, as we are here, we're playing, again, 25 big blinds effective. When you get so short to where you're definitely going broke with your hand, and you also think your opponent would never try to bluff you on future streets, you should consider just check-raising and getting it all in immediately. Because notice here, when I call 20,000, what do I really have, right? On queen 5-5 five, five with a flush drop, with uh, two clubs on board. Well, I either have a pair, which a lot of pairs would re-raise or shove before the flop, or I have a queen, or I have a five, right? So this is not a great spot for my opponent to continue bluffing. Uh, it's a little bit different than if the board was something like jack 8-6, where I could have all sorts of medium pairs. Here, it's I, I just must have something to stick around, especially given I have the big blind yet to act. So maybe that's the reason to check raise and just push my equity. But uh, I do decide to call. Turns a nine of spades for a blank. Now, I make a very unconventional play of leading. I don't like this. I don't know what I'm doing here. I must have decided in my mind that the opponent had a marginal made hand and was not going to bluff. And if my opponent has a marginal made hand, he's going to check behind. And if he's not going to bluff, well, that's not good. So I decided to lead 35,000 into the 90,000 pot. I get what I'm doing. I don't know if I like it, though. I mean, the only reason I don't like it looking back at this hand is because I have the opponent labeled as a loose, aggressive kid, which makes me think he may be a little bit too inclined to bluff. However, like I just said, I can't really expect a good, competent player to bluff here very often because I must have something pretty good. And notice, even if my opponent is bluffing and I have a flush draw, I'm going to check shove on him, right? If if on the turn I check and he bets 60,000 or something like that, I'm just going to go all in, and then my opponent's going to have to fold out whatever bluffs he has. So this is not a good spot for the opponent to bet the turn. And when it's not a good spot for the opponent to bet the turn at all, leading becomes at least relevant, especially when the turn helps your range. But here, the turn doesn't really help or hurt anyone's range. It's, a nine of spades is about as blank as they come. So I'm okay with this, but it's, it's, a, it's a weird line. It's an unconventional line. River's a queen. That's good. So now I have a full house. I'm not worried about being beat. Clearly, if the opponent has queen nine, that's unfortunate, or pocket fives, that's unfortunate. The pot is 164,000, and I have 211,000 left. So in this spot, if I'm playing against someone who I'm trying to exploit, I always want to ask myself, how much will they realistically call with their marginal made hands if they are likely to have those hands? Or I think, how much will my opponent call thinking that I must be bluffing a lot in this scenario. Like, if I bet big, will my opponent view that big bet as an obvious bluff in their eyes? And I don't know who I'm against in this exact hand. I don't remember the situation. But I would like a big bet here. The problem, again, with the big bet, though, is that if my opponent has a queen, he's just never folding. And my opponent should have a lot of queens. I'm not saying that is a problem for my hand. What I'm saying is that's a problem if I'm bluffing, right? So I have to pick a bet that I think, when I'm bluffing, I have to pick a bet that I think will make a hand like pocket tens consider folding. But I also have to pick a bet that loses the minimum when I happen to be against a nut hand that's never folding. And I decide to go with 115,000. I don't know how I feel about this. I think this is probably just a little bit big in general, but I think it's fine. This is a spot where I could certainly see going all in being okay for a little bit more than the size of the pot. If I'm doing that with all of my draws 
and all of my queens, I imagine we're going to be somewhat balanced just naturally because, um, you know, I don't have a ton of busted draws here unless I have stuff like 8-7, which I doubt I have 8-7 check calling the flop. So if I have all the busted flush draws and all the reasonable queens, which there should be a lot of because it's a length pot, I think shoving with a lot of hands is going to be nice. I don't know if I want to be risking my tournament in that scenario, though. You'll see some players who come from the cash game background primarily using these very big bets on the river in tournaments, and I think it's a recipe for disaster in general just because in a cash game, say you do shove and you know you're unexploitable, you're winning the size of the pot, which is great, right? Winning the pot in an unexploitable manner is fantastic. However, in a tournament, even if you are winning the pot in an unexploitable manner on average, when you get called and you lose, you're just out. And then you lose all future um, opportunities to extract additional equity. So that should lead you to a, to shy away from risking your stack in general. And that's why if I was to bet here, I think I'm usually just going to bet a, a hefty but non-all-in bet size. Because if I'm bluffing, I do not want to go broke. And when I'm value betting, obviously we lose a little bit of value, but if you would much rather have that exchange of losing some value in exchange for never going broke. And it may not sound like a lot to keep roughly 100,000 chips left in my stack, which is only eight big blinds, but you can do a lot with eight big blinds deep in a poker tournament. So um, I like the size. I have no problem with it. Looking back at it now, I could see myself going a little bit bigger or a little bit smaller depending on my opponent and what I think they're going to call. So I do 115,000 and the opponent folds. So we don't get called. Who knows what he had? If he had a flush draw, he's obviously folding. If he has pocket twos, he's probably obviously folding. If he has ace high, he's obviously folding. So we're trying to get called by either a nine or a middle pair of some sort or like aces and kings. And this time it didn't happen. So that's going to be it for this hand. I hope you enjoyed it. This was a fun one. Uh, I definitely could see a lot of plays going down on both the turn and the river. Let me know what you think about this in the comments section, wherever you're watching this, either on jonathanlillipoker.com where you can watch the full video or YouTube or if you're listening on iTunes, um, leave a review. I mean, that would that's by far the best thing you can do for me to help spread Weekly Poker Hand to everyone who enjoys poker. There really are not very many good, concise poker podcasts. There are a lot of poker podcasts out there that go on for a long time. You know, people just get on and ramble. I try to not ramble too much. Sometimes I do. It's hard to ramble in only 10 minutes, though. Um, anyway, I'm rambling now. Check out, or leave, leave a review for me if, if you do not mind. That would be very beneficial. Thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Good luck in your games, and I will talk to you next week.